Josiah Parent. I'm the youth pastor here. And you might be asking yourself, why is he holding a microphone? And the reasoning is, three weeks ago, I got a real bad cough. And I still have it. Don't worry, I'm not contagious at this point. But um, instead of having a microphone strapped to my face and coughing into that for the whole service, I figured I would uh, be able to pull off the mic if I, if I need to cough. So that's why I'm using a handheld mic today. It is good to see you guys. Um, today we get to talk about fruit. And um, if you came here for the papaya lecture, that's next week, okay? This is different kind of fruit. This is a spiritual fruit, okay? And I'm sorry if you're disappointed. Last, last service we had the debate, and I don't remember, I don't, nobody ever told me the answer. Is, is it strawberry a fruit? Is it, Michelle? Okay, well, I thought I, I thought I outwitted the whole system, and I thought I, you know, found something that wasn't a fruit. But uh, we're not talking about fruits. We're talking about the fruit that we produce. And so, uh, because I'm the youth pastor and I have um, youth under me, I get to share a little bit about what's going on in our youth ministry. Is that okay this morning if I share that with you guys? Cool. So first off. Uh, 2021 Fine Arts happened this year, and it all happened digitally. And it was, everybody submitted in uh, their videos of them playing and of them uh, uh, doing poetry and, and sermons. And I got to say, uh, some fruit that took place, our group absolutely mopped the floor at Fine Arts this year, right? We did so good that, yeah, we can give a little clap to those guys. We had kids who moved into the next phase for uh, uh, songwriting for, um, Michelle, what else did we get? We got a small band, poetry, we had uh, all kinds of, I mean, it was six or seven of them got to actually move on to the next stage, which is um, the regionals, which is really, really exciting. And so um, kudos to that group. That's, that's amazing. Secondly, um, right now I have the best adult leadership team on Wednesday nights. They are a group of people that are the most, working with me, the most flexible people I've ever met. Um, they're always like, what are we doing tonight? And I'm like, this is what we're doing. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Like, they're on board. They're excited. They're loving the kids. Um, but one thing that you guys may not know about is we have an awesome group of student leaders at, on Wednesday nights. Um, twice a month, they hang out after service and there's about 20 of them that sit in these seats that you guys are sitting in and help plan out the future events for the youth group. Uh, but not only do they do that, they're, they're on stage and they're leading worship and all these different things. But the amazing thing about this group is their ability to serve and to, to just be servants. So what I mean by this is after youth group wraps, I get to go out and talk to parents. I get to go out and, and talk to kids that are new and I get to... Um, kind of rest a little bit, and they bust their butts. They're breaking down letters. They're picking up trash off the floor, sanitizing seats, cleaning bathroom stalls, everything. They are an amazing group of kids who just want to serve. And they're not about getting glory or credit for it, uh, but I'm going to give them some from here on the stage. So let's give them a clap because they're, they are the hands and feet of the youth. Um, another, another bit of fruit from the youth group is... Uh, this year, these kids have had so much taken from them. Um, and I think that if we can, we can all just close our eyes and imagine being a senior in high school during 2020, 
what a disappointment that of a year that would have been, right? Like, you can't go out and hang out with your friends. There's no football games. There's so much was taken away. Summer camp was, was canceled. Uh, snow blast was canceled. Um, and yet, as a group, I, I think this year, above any year that I've been here, the kids have drawn closer to one another in this season than I've ever seen before. Um, my messages and stuff and worship, is it, it works, and some kids really connect with it. But on Wednesday nights, where the true fruit takes place is after youth group, uh, all the kids go out and, like, sit on the hoods of their cars or hang out in the parking lot, and they're just there for, like, two hours, just talking and being in community with one another. And I've really seen this community draw near and dear uh, with each other. Um, and, 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 of course, after youth group, we, we go to Taco Bell together. And that's one of the highlights of my week, getting a Baja Blast. So just a shout-out to Taco Bell here in, in, in Polsbo. Um, I know you guys really love having us there. <coughs> Uh, lastly, um, it was really cool. I, I, uh, I asked a student, what is it that, that you like about this group? He said he had been around to other youth groups, and I asked him, like, what was it that brought you back to Gateway? And this is a kid who is a leader. He is very well respected by his friends. He, he's one of the po more popular kids. And I asked, him, I asked him this question. He said what he really loves about our group is that there's no clicks. Like the minute you come in the door, you feel like you're part of the crew. You feel like you're part of the family. And you feel like you're loved and you're accepted and that you're, you belong here. And man, was that fruit for me. Like getting to hear that, I'm like, that is the goal. That is what I wanted. So um, that's just a little bit of fruit from our ministry. And um, we'll get back to that in just a little bit. But another really cool thing that happened three weekends ago, um, we decided that Everything has been canceled. It's their senior year. Why don't we take the seniors uh, on a getaway? And um, we told them we want this trip to be completely free. We, don't, we want to pay for you. We're going to pay for travel, boarding. Um, we're going to go down and get a house down in Vancouver, um, Washington, not, not Canada. And um, uh, we're just going to spend four days together and be in community. <coughs> and so... Um, but the only way you could go on the trip, you can't pay your way in. The only way is that you could memorize two chapters of the book of James. How many of you think you could do that? Right? Well, I did this challenge back when I was an intern. Um, and so me and Jamie, Jamie's my number two. He's the director of the Monday Nights and, and my best buddy. He, uh, he and I really challenged the students to this. And we were thinking, you know, I just don't know how many kids are actually going to do this. Like, I don't know how many of them are going to set aside time in their senior year, kind of during midterms and all that, to do this. Well, I'm proud to say 12 students went on the trip with us. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And I asked one of them, I said, how, how are you memorizing? And he said, uh, every day I get in my car and I just start, I play it on my way to school and I play it on my way home. And just think about that. Like, the future of the youth of America are just being saturated in Scripture. Like, how beautiful is that? And so I got the honor of witnessing this fruit, which was really, really cool, as they came on Wednesdays and were like, all right, I'm ready to recite the first chapter. And they would show up time and time again and, and do this. And so since I got to see that, I'm telling you, it's really beautiful to listen to a kid memorize, or not memorize, recite Scripture 
from memory. And uh, I figured we're speaking out of James chapter 2 today. So why don't we listen today? I'm actually going to invite out, um, her name is Ani. Ani, come on out here. She's one of our seniors. Give her a hand real quick. She's one of our seniors. And not only did Ani memorize the first two chapters, but just for fun, she's like, I'm going to memorize the third chapter as well. Right, Ani? And she did. She just memorized three chapters. So today, I I want you to just sit back, relax, maybe close your eyes, and listen to a youth um, recite some scripture. So Ani, the floor is yours. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable to all of it. For he who said, don't commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you don't commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be held under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Cannot faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving him the things needed for the body, what good is it? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. But even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, And faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see, a person is justified by works and not faith alone. And in the same way was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? So as the body apart from the spirit is dead, So also faith, apart from works, is dead. Come on. Come on. That was great. Ani, before you go, um, you got to go on the senior trip. Yes, 
excited. What did you think? It was awesome and epic and crazy. Yeah, at one point, I think a kid was wearing like a toga or something. I don't know. It was, oh, yeah. It was crazy, man. I don't remember most of it. But thank you for joining us today, Ani. Yeah, let's give it up for her. So that's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's fruit, getting to, getting to watch that, getting to see kids um, um, really dive into it. And so today we're going we're gonna to jump into chapter 2 of James. Um, it's just a real short passage here. But before we do, uh, I, I think it's important to, to, to give a little bit of context as to who James is. Now, James, as most of you know, is Jesus' little brother. Uh, I like to call him Jesus' bold little brother. And the reason I do that is because... Uh, what he did was, was a step beyond trying to, like, step into somebody else's shoes, right? Like, for instance, my older brother was really good at tennis. That's about it. Like, that was, that was, I mean, that was his thing that he was known for, is tennis. Uh, he was all right at baseball, but tennis. And when I got to, to high school, it was like, oh, man, my backhand's not as good as Micah's, right? Like, I was, I was in these, I had these shoes to fill, and I felt it from all the coaches looking at me like, He's no Micah, right? Like, I felt that. This guy, James, is Jesus' little brother. Jesus, like Christ. You guys got that? Like, let's, let's wrap our brains around that for a second. Imagine the expectations put on this guy. It's like, what does your older brother do? Oh, nothing big. He just saved humanity forever from sin and darkness and gave us hope for a future. What'd your older brother do, right? Like, he's good at tennis. Like, there, there is no comparison. He is the world's, he's got the, the biggest shoes to fill in the entire world. And yet, James humbles himself and <clears throat> goes forward and spreads the gospel. To do that, I mean, he had to submit himself to the law, not of God, well, it is of God, but of his older brother. Like, how hard would that be? Hey, raise your hand if you would submit to the law of your older brother. I'm looking at you douchemans over there, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it would happen. And yet, this is what uh, James does. Who was his audience? Uh, one of the warmest, kindest audiences, of course, 60 AD Jews, um, that had recently decided to follow Jesus after being brought up in Judaism their entire life and learning the laws and worshiping the laws so much so that they follow them, but it's different than abiding in them. And basically what James says to them is, it's great to know the theology. It's great to know um, um, where you stand with God, but it's more important that we act on it. He says it here. It says this, someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. And so from this verse, what we get is these ingredients, um, is what I like to call them, ingredients for how to make fruit in our lives. So what James says is this, faith plus action equals fruit. That is what the, the, the concoction for fruit in somebody's life is their faith and their action meeting as one. One without the other does nothing. If you just have faith, 
doesn't do anything. If you just take action but you have no faith, it doesn't produce fruit. It'd be the equivalent of having a car with no engine. Doesn't do you a whole lot. To just have a, a, a chassis sitting there, no engine inside of it, that, that car is not going to move forward. In the same way, having just an engine sitting in your driveway, which I'm sure some of the wives here are unhappy about that their husbands probably have one, right? Looking at you, Jerry Springer. Um, an engine with no car produces nothing. It won't go anywhere. The two have to work hand in hand. Faith plus action produces fruit. And I want to say this, don't fall into the trap of trying to produce faith or trying to produce um, the action that comes with faith. We can be um, so easily down on ourselves because we think that we have to somehow conjure up these two ingredients. <clears throat> but there's a third ingredient that is absolutely essential for this to work. In order for faith and action to take place, there has to be this word here, and it's called hope. If we don't have hope, you will never produce fruit, at least not in the area that you want to. Um, it's kind of like if, if you are struggling to find yourself with action or faith um, if, or, or producing fruit, if you feel like you're, there's a lack of it, I would ask you, where do you find your hope? For instance, when the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl. I know, it was a hard day for us all. But when the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl, the next day I remember I woke up and Sarah like rolled over and like rubbed my shoulder. It's like, hey babe, how are we doing? How are we doing in there? And I was just like, I remember I literally had dreams about Rob Gronkowski in my, like, that's how much hope I was placing in the Seahawks at that time. It's a little embarrassing, actually, to say now. But uh, I was discouraged. I didn't see fruit in my life because I was so focused on uh, the hope, which was the Seahawks at the time. My question to you is, where do you find your hope? Do you find it hard to wake up the next morning after a difficult legislation has passed? I ask you, where are you finding your hope? Is it in Jesus or is it in the world? Uh, I get to see fruit and, and I get to be filled up with hope on Wednesdays because that's where faith and action are meeting. And I get to watch this happen amongst our youth. Um, both students and leaders are being filled up by the hope that Jesus gives them. And they're going out and they're producing fruit. And I want to say, say, say this first, first before we jump into this. I see it on Sundays too. Okay, don't worry. I'm not saying that you guys are like void of this. Like this is not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying it's my job. To, to brag on these kids a little bit. So you're just going to have to take it for a little while. So, um, and, and I also want to make this clear, too, that the fruit that I get to see on Wednesdays uh, amongst the youth is the fruit of actions and faith of this body. It's not just me and my team that is producing the fruit on Wednesdays. It's you guys. Every time that you... Uh, donate to, to our camps and help a kid go to camp, that is producing uh, fruit that can't even be measured. The amount of kids that have been brought into our, our group just because of Snowblast alone is incredible. Those of you who have taken time to invest into someone that is younger than yourself, 
um, who have helped create a, even just a space where the youth can meet. We meet in this room now, and it's full, and it's amazing. I mean, it, honestly, this, this kind of feels like a Wednesday night. This is like about the size of the group that it, that it feels like, and it's pretty awesome. The fact that we have lights and, and TVs and, and screens, it, it is producing fruit. And so you guys are part of this equation. But here's what I want to say. Next time that you need hope, next time that you need to be filled up with hope for the future, like I often do, I encourage you to turn off uh, y y the news, turn off your social media for a minute, and join us on a Wednesday night where you get to see, I, well, some photos are going to loop here, um, where you get to see students worshiping. This is the future of this church. And watching them worship is so hope-inspiring. It, it restores uh, hope within my heart. Watching the students lead worship uh, every single week is, is, is incredible. Last week, we did a throwback night where we did... <coughs> Everything was, was vintage, and uh, we did some songs that really it hurt my feeling when the kids were like, these are so vintage, and I was like, these were new when I was in high school, right? <laughs> what do you mean vintage, right? Like, it's vintage is 70s. We're not talking 70s, but anyway, they start leading worship, and this, this girl in our group, she's an amazing young lady. Her name is Abigail. Absolutely love her. She's one of our seniors, um, led How Great Thou Art in front of this crew, and the kids in the audience just got so into it. It was beautiful listening to them sing. Uh, I get to see that fruit. If you're feeling hopeless, I, I encourage you to come and watch as the students uh, are doing announcements and playing games and m being goofy up here. And, and the cool thing about it is uh, there's no showboating going on. They have one goal in mind as they're doing the goofy stuff. They are sitting here and they're going, I want the kid who has never been welcomed or loved by a church family to feel it in this room. Like they know that that is their goal, to make them feel like they're having fun and to, to welcome them and get them excited about Jesus. I, I get to see students praying on the mic week after week. Uh, they pray before worship and then they pray before my message. And just getting lifted up and encouraged by them is something that is beautiful. I get to see uh, leaders investing in those younger than themselves, pouring out hours and hours. I'm not even kidding how many hours my leaders devote to youth on Wednesdays and on Sundays and during camps just to ensure that the next generation knows Jesus. I mean, that's beautiful. And for those of you in this room who have played any role in that fruit being produced on Wednesday nights, I want to say thank you. Like, thank you so much for investing in our youth and loving them. Uh, because in, by investing in them, you're investing in the future of Gateway and the future of the church at large. But my question for you today is this. Uh, we get to see fruit, and I get to point out fruit um, to you guys. But my question for you is this. Do you desire to see fruit in your life? Like, is that the goal of your faith? Another way to put it is this. Is your faith about securing a place for you in heaven? Or is it about securing a place for those around you? God calls us to reach out to those around us. Because no matter what line of work you're in, God calls us to produce fruit. It's not just the pastors who are, are called to do it. And sometimes that means planting the seed with somebody. 
And you may never see that seed grow and become the fruit that we, we hope it will become, but planting the seed is, is important. I was sick for the past three weeks now, and during that time, my, my, my fridge was completely stocked, and I never once went to the store. People would drop off meals. People would drop off. I have so many Gatorades. Um, I have like 18 bags of cough drops at my house. Um, an amazing thing. So Adam Kirby came to my house and mowed my lawn, which was awesome. Thank you, Adam. Um, just an incredible uh, surrounding took place when I was sick. And the beautiful part about that is if I wasn't a believer, the seeds that would have been planted in, in me during that two weeks would have would have brought me to Jesus, just to see people loving and caring and filling the void um, and filling a need. <coughs> Sometimes planting a seed to produce fruit is just a simple thing like that. Showing up, inviting them in for a meal, um, loving them and welcoming them. Sometimes God calls us to reap the harvest of fruit. So that means getting to pray with them or baptize them like I got to do with Judah today. Um, it was an honor getting to watch Judah take that next step, step in his face. Wasn't, wasn't it? Isn't that like, doesn't it just fill you up when you see, especially a young person, choose to follow Jesus? It's beautiful. God calls us, and I say us, not just pastors, not just some dynamic people, not just those who are good at public speaking. He calls us to produce fruit. And to be the hands and feet of the church and produce fruit. From planting the seed to harvesting it, God calls us to produce fruit. And so how? How do we do this? Well, it's by committing ourselves to the teaching of the scripture, knowing what the scripture says, following its laws above what the laws that the world gives us or social media gives us. We're called to look at the law of scripture and, and this is a big and, Live out what it says. Live out and take action. Can you imagine what the church would look like if we did this? The fruit that would be produced. It sounds so easy in theory. I'm fully aware of that. And it feels really difficult in execution. It does. But maybe it's easier than we think. So this, this, this uh, two weekends ago, I, I got the, to take those kids on the trip. And... Um, it's amazing how it's never the moment you think impacts them that impacts them. It's kind of frustrating, actually. I'll literally spend hours and hours and hours writing messages, and I've never heard a kid be like, what you said about Romans really got me. No, they never do that. They're always like, it's always some really shallow thing. Like, you said a funny joke, and that made me feel really. But on the last night of the retreat, I took a page out of my mom's handbook. She's here, by the way. Uh, and I said, we're going to do a thing called the hot seat tonight. And um, basically what the hot seat is, is one person sits, or you don't actually move, but one person becomes the focus, and then everybody in the group goes around and talks about how that person has impacted their life. And it took a while. We started at 9 p.m., and we ended at 2.30 in the morning to do all of us. Um, and there were amazing things said. I mean, the kids just poured out into each other. There were tears flowing, and there was hugs happening, and it was beautiful. And the thing that amazed me was it was never the moments that you think are going to impact somebody that did. Like, it was never 
what you thought was going to uh, really have a, a role in their life, like some prayer at Snowblast or, or some message that I gave up here. It, it wasn't any of those moments. And as the kids got to me, what they said over me was um, it was the simple moments that stuck with them. It was the simple moments where it was just letting them know that I love them and I care for them. One of the kids said, it was the fact that you remembered my name that brought me back to youth group. Or another young lady who I'm so proud of, she said, you always made me feel seen and heard. Or another one was, uh, you let me try something at youth group even though I wasn't perfect at it. <laughs> I was like, welcome to youth ministry, buddy. <clears throat> Six hours these kids poured into each other. <clears throat> what I realized was it wasn't about the grand moments. It wasn't about having the right words to say. It's about taking the scripture where God calls us to love God and love people. That's it. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's taking our faith and looking at what Jesus did and acting on it. We don't need to overcomplicate the gospel. Love God and love people. It's just knowing somebody's name or bringing them a Gatorade when they're sick. These are the things that God calls us to do that are going to have more of an impact than you saying the perfect thing or posting the perfect picture or saying the right quote. It doesn't have a difference as long as we're loving God and loving people. We're taking what we know to be true in Scripture and we're producing fruit with it by taking action. And so this morning, we're going to take communion together. Um, and so I'm going to move over here. Yeah, some nice background music we got going there. And the worship team is going to come back out. But why don't we get our elements ready um, <coughs> as we join in communion together. Fruit is produced when faith and action meet. And there is, I would be remiss to say that Jesus didn't set the example of what this means. Like, can you imagine if in Scripture, Jesus just completed one of the two things? If he was just like, okay, well, I'm going to come down to earth. I'm going to establish a new law, not, not, not change the law, but uphold and create a new law. I'm going to come and I'm going to abolish demons and, and I'm going I'm to heal the sick and take care of the weak and love the lost. And he says all these things and then he goes, peace. See you in a couple thousand years. I'll be waiting in heaven. No, it was accompanied by action. He lived it out. He washed the feet. He healed the people. He died on the cross for us. And so Christ calls us in his last days to take the action of remembering what he did. And so today we're going to do that. Today we're going to take the body and we're going to remember what it was that was broken on our behalf so that we can, we can experience hope in our life. Let's take and eat the, the, the bread together. And we see the cup that is filled with the blood of Jesus that represents his death on the cross. His blood poured out on our behalf 
while it sounds gruesome and it sounds dark, this is where we're called as believers to be filled up with hope so that we can go forward and have faith and action and produce fruit. Let's take and drink. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for the fruit that you're producing amongst this congregation. Thank you for the way that the students, these students here on stage feel loved and welcomed and like this is a place where they belong and are accepted and are your children. Lord Jesus, I pray over the people in this audience who are desiring to produce fruit but don't know how. I pray that you would remind them it's not about grand gestures. It's not about some big moment. It's not about always saying the right thing. It's about simply loving God and then loving people as a result of being near God. So I call us, I command us as, a, as an audience and as a, as, a, as a faithful congregation to go forward and live out our faith, not just knowing it, not just knowing the words, but living out the actions. And that they would meet and become this thing called fruit. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. And as we sing, we stand in this room uh, as, as we go back into worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and, and sing another song with the youth tonight.